Hi, welcome back to All Things Data. We're still on the path to talking about legal, judicial, and just general law-specific AI. And uh, today we're going to talk a little bit about the work that goes into having a machine understand some of this law. So without further ado, let's just get going. Hi, Victor. So we've discussed clause extractions from documents generally. What makes legal clauses more difficult? Right, okay. So general clause extraction is often just looking for a way to segment certain documents, whatever they are that you're extracting clauses from. And it has many methods of extracting those. I mean, you can probably imagine that a clause is a self-contained paragraph or a section of text or content in, in a page. So generally, it's not incredibly hard to pull clauses out. The difficulty starts happening a little bit more where you're trying to understand what those clauses are about, so classifying them. So, I mean, just imagine a general document or contract or anything, really. It doesn't have to be a legal document that you're looking at. Even if it was a memo that had some kind of clause, you would have certain paragraphs, clauses, or parts of the content that were like introductory in nature, that probably spoke to some facts, that might have some common understanding that you're discussing with the other party. So there's a lot of possible classifications of these paragraphs or clauses, which makes it like it's that next step beyond just separating them out, right? Now, if you get into the legal domain or the legal world, basically, what happens is the language in like in, inherently in those clauses is obviously going to be a little more technical. And by technical, I don't mean like actually like engineering technical, like I literally mean it's like technical for the law. So there's more caveats and more specific understanding required of your machine learning or NLP programs to actually extract. So we've talked about like pulling the paragraphs out is not that hard, but once you have them out, it's again, understanding them from the legal perspective as to what they're for. So you want to get to a place where from a legal perspective, you understand things like when they're talking about a specific decision or when they're talking about the law itself or when they're talking about something maybe just factual about the whole case, right? So that then leads to some sort of language model that you could apply to this. That's sort of where the difficulty is. You have to have a different language model than you would for general clauses. Hmm. So sounds like you need a different language model. What existed prior to your work? So there are certain language models that do exist. And with us happening to be in the Toronto area, we're quite close to the people who developed one of the better academic language models. For this, that's been used in industry. That was actually out of Brock University. Brock is, I'd say, 120, 140 kilometers away from the Toronto area. It's in a little suburb of Toronto, and it's got a nice university that does a bit of AI and NLP. And specifically from their legal or law department, uh, in conjunction with their computer science folks, they developed something called the FILAC model. This FILAC model has been useful, I guess, constrained to a specific domain of law. And that's where, you know, it's good, but it's not the answer to everything, right? So FILAC, the letters F-I-L-A-C, literally stand for facts. So those are, you, know, you might imagine, facts about the cases like the sky was blue. So issues arose either with some kind of 
common law derivatives. Some kind of legal issue arose. The L stands for the law itself. So, you know, in a decision or in a case or in some kind of paperwork about the legal or judicial process, there will be an explanation of the law or at least a dictation of the law. Somebody will say the law states or section 43-B whatever subsection 2 states this kind of thing. So then you understand the law. Now you have the law, you have the facts and some issues about the entire case. That can then be reduced down to some analysis of the case. So whoever is possibly writing that decision analyzes the case and says, due to the fact that the sky was blue and the law states this about this specific type of issue that's going on, we can come to a conclusion. And that's the last part of this is the C. So that gives you a very nice holistic language model that is really good for decision summaries. So they're sort of structured, they follow a similar observation pattern where they do adhere to this like phylac model. So it's a case of the law or legal people or judicial people who are writing these decisions and the people who are doing the academic research kind of being on the same page, which is really nice. So that helps quite a bit when you're looking at decisions, which can help understand whether or not it's smart to proceed or not proceed with a case kind of thing. But it doesn't help with anything else in law. Like whether or not to proceed is great, but it, it doesn't help you craft an argument. It doesn't help you really understand more about the complaints, the complainants, the defendants, all of this stuff, right? For that, you actually need to do much more than just phylax. And that's sort of where we kind of jumped in is to do the more part. Got it. What did 1000 to improve on the clause extraction results from the phylax language model in the legal domain? So, I mean, if you want like the three word answer, we just redeveloped a better classification. <laughs> so re realistically, I'll go into a few of the steps. But yeah, like I said, classification is a big part of these language models is understanding what things are there for. So we figured, well, if somebody's done some work in the world for decision summaries with PILAC, how could we do something better? There are techniques, especially in neural networks and deep learning, where without supervision, so an unsupervised model, you can cluster things. You cluster them based on likeness. That doesn't mean equality. That doesn't mean they're very close to each other but they're more like each other than they are like something else in that group of things, right? So you want to use that sort of method to help you group the different clauses and the intent of those clauses in a way that suits your workload better. So for this, the technology that is most used to generate all of these, I guess, these representations of the clauses and embeddings of the clauses is BERT. BERT is bidirectional encoder representations for transformers. It's always hard to say, but transformers are highly used in all kinds of recurrent networks as well as sequences. And then also obviously in text because it is a sequence. So BERT comes prepackaged with a lot of help or understanding therein. And then you can pull language model with BERT. So imagine 
the pre-trained models come from like the world of like Wikipedia, Yahoo Answers, Reddit, maybe Yelp, maybe IMDb. A lot of people do work on those, especially in academia. And the larger language models are trained on much bigger purposes. But these language models are pretty much like a jack of all trades. They can do pretty good at out of the box understanding of things, but they're not going to nail your problem. So then what you need to do is you need to take what's already wonderful about BERT and those language models, and you need to do a bunch more pre-training. So you need to feed it things that are specific to your domain, which means if you're operating in a specific part of law or reason to have this model for law, you need to have a data set that comprises some of that law. So you want to be able to pre-train clustering through that data set all of the clauses that are in those places, in those pieces of content. So that's the sort of, we leave it and let the machine do its work. But then when you get that result out, you're gonna have a lot of classifications, right? So this is where the art and science sort of meet is your NLP and data science team for us goes through, sifts through and source, sorts out like the best performing model or the best two or three models. And then we engage people with domain knowledge. So legal people. So lawyers, judges, whoever, paralegals, we engage them and we start to go through and understand that this sort of cluster is really all about, let's say, I'm just going to use the phylac model. You've clustered and labeled a bunch. Now, given that you've clustered and labeled, you have examples to show your actual AI program that's going to do the classification. You can take it to your AI program and say, I know that, you know, phylac exists, but what about like phylac plus plus plus? Mm-hmm. And that's sort of what we did is we went with the Phylac plus plus plus. And that's led to us getting to a place where I'll give you guys a few statistics, but for immigration law, so we talked about Phylac actually being good on decisions and it was trained for immigration law. I don't know based on their data set how much error they actually get, but we know that we've improved on the error as well. We've seen that in our use cases and uh we end up with 18 total classifications rather than the five that Phylac has. And I think we ended up right around 4% error. The other one that we can talk about pretty readily is real estate law. And there for commercial real estate, we've achieved 19 classifications of clauses. And I think 15 for real estate, for residential real estate with less than 3% error, just because we have a larger and more varied data set in real estate. So there you go, like getting to a place where you really start understanding law is very possible. It just takes some heavy lifting and some work and some very smart people, but you can borrow on some of the work that's been done in the past and build upon it such that you actually get to a place where you probably do a better job of understanding most decisions, most legal cases and most content than a judge or a lawyer might. Yeah, so that sort of wraps up us talking about our language models a little bit, talking about clause identification, extraction, and classification, and the whole building up of legal AI. So we'll continue on our journey to talk more about how we arrived at a really wonderful solution for legal AI. Keep watching and tuning in to All Things Data. We'll be back next week.